Welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart. And you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. On this episode, we're talking dog run drama, race costumes, delicious shoes, and giving cars to runners for some reason. Uh, Amy, I'm going to kick off, as usual, things I don't like. Uh, insect bites. It's been a whole year of this. I haven't learned from it. That's mostly why I don't like it, because I'm too stupid to do anything about it. Um, I got a load of insect bites over my legs at Newport Park Run last weekend. Uh, I've had them all summer, and I haven't had any insect cream the whole year, because I just haven't bought any. And I, haven't, I haven't got any antihistamines. I've just had really, really fucking itchy, horrible insect bites on my legs for a couple of weeks, but I haven't actually done anything about it. I would have thought the insects were all dying by now. I'm surprised. You must have like some so. really tasty blood or whatever they're gnawing onto. I do have tasty legs. Yeah. I can confirm. I never get bitten. I never get attacked by mosquitoes or anything like that. There must be something about me that repulses them. I don't know what it is. You're very so, lucky. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there, there is some upsides to being slightly repulsive, you know? Yeah. Well done. A few insect bites. So that was a Newport Park run last week. I got to run. Pretty much a whole 5k with Gabby Nea and nothing terrible happened. And I don't what? know how that... Yeah, I, I don't know how I got away with it. Oh. It was the whole reason you were running with her was for content, so... Well, I thought I thought something stupid or bizarre would happen, like a plane would fall out of the sky or there'd be an earthquake or something. But no, nothing. Just normal. Yeah. Very strange. Though she did give me chocolate, so that was nice. Oh, well, worth it. Yeah, you don't get any. Um... Another just very brief thing that has just occurred to me as well recently. Numbers on shorts. You know when you go to race, mm. everyone puts their numbers on their chests or on the t-shirts like the normal person. There's always one or two who put it on their shorts. I don't like it. I'm ideologically opposed. Unless it's absolutely necessary. Like if you might have to wear a jacket and take it off. Or you, you know, then you're about for a long time. You may put on other layers over your kind of t-shirt. Putting it on the shorts, there's no reason for it. I don't like it. Mm. I, I do see this a lot at longer trail running events and ultras and i assumed it's because like you're taking your jacket on and off but to be honest does that matter if somebody if somebody said what's your number you just undo your jacket and show it to them yeah. you know and i, I think I, I i think to myself should i be putting my number on my shorts because everyone else is but then often mm. in race instructions you get like put your number on your t-shirt like on your front not on your shorts nowhere else like put yeah i've had quite a few front. that say put it on your chest as well like even like yeah. a little bit low down they don't they want it really which is bad for me because our club logo is like right in the middle of the chest yeah, yeah, so yeah. it covers up i don't like that i mean you have to for canny cross because obviously the canny cross harness comes across your waist as well mm. uh that can cover that up but I don't know. There's something about numbers on shorts. I don't know. I always kind of think it's a bit of like a posy thing. I, but I don't know what you're posing. I don't know what you're saying when you're doing that. I've I don't seen like as, it. I've seen as well, because obviously women's shorts tend to be a bit shorter, um, that people fold the numbers over so they're, they're smaller so they can put them onto their shorts, particularly if they're women. Sometimes that is necessary. If you've got a massive number, that's just like a fucking piece of A4 with like some sponsor at the top or the bottom. Or just they, they don't need to be that big. Mm. stop making them that big and also stop putting them on shorts there's no mm. reason i don't know i feel like i'm getting suckered into the the numbers on shorts gang because I, I just follow the crowd and think there must be a reason for it if people out there put their numbers on their shorts when they're not putting a jacket on and off they're not changing their top let me know why and i'll insult you nice that's good enough isn't it yeah it's good enough reason to contact a podcast exactly it's very us to catch up on the last episode, I am Mattman said, I played the wrong podcast today. I had some woman called Amy who ran a race. What? I know. What, that doesn't sound strange like our world. podcast. Yeah, yeah, no. Very strange podcast. Mm-hmm. Max Carnage has also been in touch and said, a meaty drink is not bullshit. Oh, God. This is about our Bovril discussion yeah. last time. I've been known to enjoy a hot glass of freshly made... I've been known to enjoy a hot glass of freshly homemade stock from time oh. to time. That is disgusting. Typically chicken stock, as it's the one I make most of- often. But gammon and beef are occasional alternatives. Hashtag meaty drinks are not bullshit. Now, look, look it, specifically, it wasn't meaty drinks are necessarily bad. Although just drinking stock is weird. I know that's yeah. effectively kind of what a bovril is or something like that. But that is weird. Just drinking stock is weird. Let's mm-hmm. just go with that. Um, it's just calling the product meaty drink. I mean, it was literally called a jar that said meaty drink. That is too vague and suspicious because that could be fucking anything. And it also implies some sort of weird texture and chunks in the drink that shouldn't be Meaty. It's, mm. it's not meat. It might not be meat. It's just meaty. Mm. Maybe horse. 
Yeah, well, that's fine. And also, Max Garnish, I've been known to enjoy. It's because you tell people. It's not just people just happen to like glance across and see that. It's because you go around telling people these these things. And they're all right. And they're all like, okay, that's weird. And everyone else thinks you're weird. No one is impressed. No one's impressed. Uh, let's have a quick tea update. Ooh. We're partnered with Bird and Blend Tea, which means we'll tell you what tea we're drinking. And if you like the sound of that, you can go to runningisbs.com forward slash tea, click on the links, buy some tea if you want. Amy, what are you drinking? Well, I saw my first Christmas advert on TV yesterday. Aww. But because I'm, I was watching a streaming service, I didn't just see it once. I saw it at every ad break. And I don't know if anyone else gets that. Like when you're watching a streaming service, they just replay the same two adverts so in honor of it now being christmas according to discovery plus yeah. i'm drinking fairy tale of new york which i think nice. i got last christmas um so yeah so I, I think i've spoken about this on the podcast before it's very very nice it's rubos um but it's also got some cocoa shells coffee beans roasted and roasted dandelion root so i think it's it says here it's inspired by creamy irish coffee Okay. It's nice. Yeah, it's a nice one. I wouldn't say it's like super like Irish coffee. Like it doesn't taste like alcoholy, but I don't know mm-hmm. how you'd create that taste in tea. But it, no. it's nice regardless. Like the chocolate and the coffee together is really, really nice. Cool. What about you? What are you drinking? Well, I'm a bit more actual seasonal and I'm still on the pumpkin spice stuff. Nice. Um, because it is October. You need to be drinking this stuff for some reason. Um, I haven't got one now. I'm going to make one right after the podcast because it takes a little care and time and I want to drink it at my own leisure, not like between sentences. I'm going to make myself a spice pumpkin chai latte. And there's loads of pumpkin spice stuff on bird and blends like chocolate and matcha tea and other teas and just all kinds of lovely things. So uh, check out runningisbs.com forward slash tea. Click on the pumpkin spice link and buy some pumpkin spice tea if you want. Or don't, don't care. Uh, Amy, what have you been up to? Oh... A big few weeks. <laughs> a big few weeks. No so, races. Don't worry, everyone. No, no, no. But Jesus, if I need to have a race as well, we, this podcast would be all about me. Just me. Um, so first things first, I went on holiday for a few days. Out of the day. country. For, yeah, I know. Being on a plane for the first time in almost three years, for the first time since the pandemic. So went over to Switzerland, sort of the, the French side of Switzerland, Geneva and um, Geneva for the day and then a place nearby Geneva, a city called Luzon. It was very nice. I did lots of running there. So I did like a 12 mile run one day and then a six mile run the next day along Lake Geneva, all very, very flat. Wasn't very reassuring that my Achilles hurt after a 12 mile flat run. Like that, mm. that's not reassuring considering I'm supposed to have a very hilly ultra coming up. Well, it's because flat runs are bullshit. They're boring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, this was very nice. It was very, very scenic. There was a few bits where I was like, am I actually on a path or am I in somebody's garden? Doesn't matter. That's okay. Um, So yeah, very, very nice. Weird vibe though. Like that side of, uh, that side of Switzerland is of course very French. We're literally right next to the French border Mm -hmm. about, you know, in some places just like a 20 minute drive away. People were very French, like mm-hmm. very stereotypically French. Oh, like I'm sorry no to one, hear that. I know, I know. No one even looked at me on this run. And you know when you go running someplace, like if you're going running in like central London, you don't say hello to everyone you see because you look like a knob because there's so many people. Yeah. But when you're running and it's like quite quiet because it was first thing in the morning and it was quite um, the, the cities and the towns I'm, I'm running from aren't huge, so I only saw a few people. And normally, like if I only see a few people on my run, no matter what country I'm in, most people will just say hi or at least smile at you. People little just, nod. Yeah, a little nod at just least. Just a little nod, yeah. People just look fucking through you there. Wow. Like, just straight through you. Like, you're not even there. Like, no no bonjour, nothing. I, I said bonjour to the first couple of people I saw, and then I just gave up because it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very French compared to when I was in... So I went to Switzerland. I went over to the Italian side of Switzerland, Lugano, which is, again right next to the border of Italy. Uh, and people were very friendly there. I got lots of bonjournos and stuff, but, but the French side, not so much, not so much. Did not give a shit, why? Yeah. Um, and Switzerland, of course, is known for being very clean, very tidy. It was. What amazed me were they, every bin, there was dog poo bags. So if you go running with your dog or whatever, you wouldn't necessarily have to carry on because there were bins everywhere. And then dog poo ban- bags just attached to the bins. That's very nice. Which I thought was fantastic. The other thing that's amazing in Switzerland for long runs. I noticed this about Austria as well. Public toilets everywhere. And they're all really nice and clean. Nice. Don't, don't need to pay. Like the ones like 
in the towns mm-hmm. and stuff, train stations and stuff you need to pay. But like the ones in the town, lovely, clean public toilets. I, I think I came on my 12 mile run. It was probably every three or four miles. There was a public toilet. I just thought, Did you go in that... just every three or four miles? Just take uh, didn't need to, thankfully. Didn't need to done, on my run. I know. Just a visit. But if I did need to, if I did need to, that would have been very much welcome. Supposed so, to be. So yeah, so Geneva was was very nice. It did sort of, it did remind you you were sort of on the French side though, because every now and again there would be some dog shit. So it wasn't yeah. completely like spotless and clean. Okay. Like some other areas of Switzerland, there'd just be like a random bit of dog shit every now and then, even though they've got bags to put the dog shit in. Even though they've got bags. Yeah. Yeah. But very, like very good. The public toilets alone means a great place for running. Yeah. Like I said, like there's other European countries like that, like Australia. Austria, they're just fantastic. Just public toilets everywhere. I Lovely. think that's really useful. It saves you having to shit in a bush. Absolutely. Yes. So you can if you want to. Y- you you've got you dog can. bags. You you've got dog bags, so you can use them. Yep, use the bag, put it in Perfect. the bin. Lots of bins uh, as well. Fantastic. That's probably why. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we move on, can I give you my holiday news? Yes. My upcoming holiday news. Yeah. Amy, big news. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wank. Amazing. Holly and I are going to wank for four days. Great. <laughs> it's it's in southern Germany. It's literally called Wank Mountain. We're going to Wank Mountain. Are you are you literally going there because of the name? No. Mm. <laughs> we wanted to go with something Alpine and something German. So kind of southern German Alps is where we wanted to go anyway. We were looking at like um, guided or kind of self-guided tours, but they just like doubled in price. In like in the course of a week recently so we're like fuck it we'll just book a place and just explore ourselves and as it turns out garmisch partenkirchen which as gabby informed me is hitler's favorite holiday place so it's got to be nice um <laughs> is at the bottom of wank mountain which has some beautiful trails it has a cable car called the wank barn there's a hostel at the top called the wank house and i'm going to take photos of every single thing that says wank on it because it's very very fun this is eight months away i'm going to make this joke constantly until then yeah i cannot wait oh god I, I cannot yeah. wait. Those poor German people. <laughs> I, yeah, there. I do feel I do feel bad for them because like British dickheads like me, kind of like uh, uh, wank, yeah. and they're like mm, it's it's wank, but fine. But no, sorry, it's very funny to us. Yeah. Well, so, can't that's wait something to look for forward pictures. to. If we can yeah. still be asked to podcast by then, I'll let you know all about it. <laughs> let us know what your wank was like. I will. I will <laughs> tell you all about wank. <laughs> Okay, so I, th- I thought that was the only bullshit I'd have to share today. That was in my head. That was the only thing I was going to talk about, my little trip to Geneva and how lovely it was. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, but <laughs> those of you who, who follow me on social media will probably probably already know that um, Lost Pippin, Pippin, my dog, my beagle harrier, oh. lost her yesterday in Wentwood Forest for three hours. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Now, the thing is about Pippin is that she she does go off on one sometimes, mainly chasing rabbits. So where the, the nearest sort of forest and stuff where we are, there aren't any deer, there's rabbits, and she'll go off after them. Like that time I went for a walk with, with you guys, the dog mm-hmm. group, and she was chasing this rabbit and she was chasing it for ages, but it was sort of in the same place. Like we just couldn't grab her because she was like yeah. in these brambles. Um, so she does do that. And I've learned over time that I just, when I take her to those areas, if she's chasing a rabbit, I just carry on going. And she just eventually follows me because the rabbit goes underground. It goes into its warren and she gets bored of sniffing and she hears me getting further and further away. And she's like, ah, oh, shit, my mum's gone. And then she heads off after me. So like, I thought I'd solved the issue with Pippin. I thought I wanted to, yeah. and the rest of the time, she's really reliable off the lead. She's really good. It's just she's a she's a beagle harrier. They're bred for hunting rabbits and stuff. So she's naturally going to go after a rabbit if she sees it. So went to Wentwood Forest, got the train up to Seven Tunnel Junction, and met Jen Danger Harding, friend of the friend of the podcast up there. She was going to take me on a little run around Wentwood Forest. So this was supposed to be a two hour run, and it was supposed to be two hours because I had a meeting in Cardiff, like an online meeting that I need to get home for at like two thirty. Mm-hmm. So it was only meant to be a two hour run. Um, towards the end of the two hours, like right towards the end, there was a deer in, in the path, like dead on in the path. Like I saw it, I was like, oh shit, it's a deer. Pippin also saw it and just went. She just went. And I could hear her barking after this deer and the barks were getting further and further and further away until he couldn't hear the barks anymore. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you stand there for a bit shouting, Pippin, Pippin. 
hoping she'd realise, oh shit, I've run really far and I don't know, you know, couldn't hear anything. Silence. And we're on a bit of Wentwood Forest where it was a big loop of around four kilometres. So you had this sort of um, forest land in the middle, which didn't really have any paths. And it was some of it was even uh, fenced off for conservation stuff, I assume. Mm -hmm. And then this track that looped all the way around. So the first thing me and Jen did was like loop, take opposite directions and loop around the path, calling her because she thought, oh, she's obviously sounds like she's on the other side of the path from when we last heard her, you know, like four, four kilometers on the, the other side. So walking around trying, pipping, pipping, and it starts getting to like, by the time we'd done this a couple of times, it was an hour had gone past and we hadn't heard anything. And at that point, you're like, mm. shit, 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 shit. And I just had this feeling in my gut that, that she wasn't there, that she chased this deer. And because it's, a, you know, like I said, rabbits go underground and then they're underground and they, you sort of lose the scent. Whereas a deer is just going to run and run and run. And Pippin's going to just keep following that scent. You know, what's going to stop her and make her, make her stop other than losing the deer and losing the scent? So I thought, she's gone far. Like, she's not here anymore. And, of course, all the usual advice is to you wait where you lost the dog. Mm. But I thought, she's not... She, she's going to have lost the, her scent. She's she's not going to know where she is. She's And I just knew... Like, and it's really hard in that situation because you don't want to leave the spot you lost them. But at the same time, it was such a big area. Like, it was a massive... A massive area. And Jen even showed me, like, on the map where we lost Pippin and where we eventually found her. And it's it's a lot... Like, it's a lot of ground. Like, it's a lot of forest that she covered. Yeah. So we started heading off. Um, Jen was, like, really good because I was obviously starting to panic. And Jen was going up to everyone we saw and talking to them and saying, giving them, like, a description of Pippin and giving them her number and saying, if you see her, can you ring us? Um, and she also posted on, like, the local Facebook group. And so, and I had to go back to the car because I had to plug my phone in and charge it because I was running out of battery and it's my number on her tag. So there was that feeling of, like, I've got to... I've got to leave the place where she was lost. And I was worried she was going to come back and then get more lost. But at the same time, I had to charge my phone and all of that. Um, so I went back to the car and charged my phone and just waited for a bit. Because the other thing was, we didn't have any signal. Like where we lost her, there was no sig signal. It was yeah. only back at the car park. So Jen was doing a really, really good job of like, she went back out while I was sat charging my phone. And she was like, ask, again, asking loads of people and stuff. And it'd been about two hours. And then somebody, had, there was a sighting of her like near mm -hmm. the car park and then at that point I was a bit more relieved because I was like okay because there, there was a there's like a country lane that runs through the middle of um like the big yeah. forest and the country lane through the middle and I was a bit worried she'd end up on the road and end up getting hit and people people were driving quite slow but it's always going to be a worry with places mm -hmm. like that so I was like oh um but somebody had seen her and so one person had seen her who was out on their walk and obviously word had got round looking you know to be looking for her because I'd never seen this woman before and she was like oh I called her name I called Pippin um and then the lumber yard that was nearby they'd seen her she was in the yard but <laughs> trying to get close to her and she just kept barking and running off yeah um because she's yeah she's not the sort of dog just to go up to people she's quite spooked and quite scared of people so she was just like barking at them and then running off so we knew she was in like a certain area which was i also saw the deer as well so when we were walking around the area i saw Dickhead. what i assume was the same the same deer yeah. there was stood Fuck like you. sort of hiding i was like you led my dog astray and apparently somebody said it was rutting season season as well like mm. if i'd known there were all these deer around here and mm. stuff like that i wouldn't i probably wouldn't have let her off the lead because i i would have thought yeah this, mm. she's gonna chase a deer of course she isn't I'm sure she can smell a deer for like miles away as well as if she's ch when she starts chasing it. So yeah, so we were just searching that area and a big shout out to one of our Patreons, Jonathan Carter, oh. who came out to help us with his dog Bruno. So he came <laughs> out with like his full canny cross kit on and yes. he was like running ahead and stuff. And he was like running the, the route we'd been, which was yeah. like extremely helpful. Um, and, and he must have been knackered by then. Oh, we, so we done, yeah, we did a two hour run. It was like really hilly. And then I, I turned my watch off at 10 miles, but that was that well, was really early sorry, on. Sorry, but that, I, I know you're in a difficult situation, really, <laughs> but that was a mistake. You know what? Amy, you don't turn the watch off. The optimist in me was like, we're going to find her soon, and we're walking at this point, so I'm just going to turn it off. If I'd have known it had been another three hours, I would have kept it on. At least restart it as a walk. Come on. Yeah. You don't want to lose all that, all that and training like, for nothing. And like the next day, I was aching so much because I'd done so much walking. I was holding myself so tense yeah. and I, my, my voice had gone because I was constantly shouting for her. 
but yeah so she'd been she'd been spotted by a few people and, it, and it's really thanks to jen who was like telling everyone you know mm-hmm. and people were actually out looking for her like some people had stopped their walks to yeah. to, to look for her which was like really amazing um and also thanks to jonathan as well because uh, so it ended up being a coordinated effort effort yeah. so, so a lady had seen her like at this crossroads so we we're in that area shouting for her we'd gone up like this little path this little road and then a family came up in a four by four and they rolled down the window and said, oh, have you, have you lost a beagle? And we were like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, she's this way. And so we started like jogging down the road because it was, she was just on the next turning. They'd seen her and they pulled back up in their car and was like, do you want a lift? And we're like, no, no, we're okay. We can do it on foot. <laughs> they obviously like didn't realise we we're out for a run. And, yeah, you know, this you're like, like, we need to burn off the adrenaline. Yeah, as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so they stopped Ugh. their car and also they, they drove us to the point they saw her and they stopped their car and they also got out and helped us. And, jo- and, and Jonathan Carter ran ahead with Bruno and I could hear him like shouting like, she's here, she's here. So it's only really like, it was a combination oh. of all those people and Jonathan Carter who was who was like way ahead. Like yeah. he, she was on her, her way to the reservoir. So yeah. if you know Wentwood, like there's a reservoir that's all closed off. So that's where she was heading to, to this reservoir. Um, so I, I, to me and Jen are like running down, I'm going, Pippin! But I'm, by then my voice is hoarse, so I'm trying to do it in a way that she recognises it's me. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, Pippin, come on, let's go yeah. see mummy, come on. Um, and she comes out of these bushes, but she's, she's still frantic, like she doesn't recognise me at first. Yeah. And it's only when she gets closer to me and I think she can smell me properly yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. that she realises it's me. Because she was just like, I, I had this, as I was walking around for the three hours, I had this vision in my head that she was going to come running out to me and, yeah. you know, but she wasn't. She was like looking around it, like she looked at me and she started coming towards me. Then she was looking at everyone else as well, like really frantic. Yeah. Um, but then when she realised it, it was me, she got close enough and she sniffed me. She was, yeah. she just kept like, I clipped her on the lead, obviously. Yeah. And, she, and we were walking back to the car park because we were only, we were only actually like a few, like probably less than half a kilometre from the car park. So I wonder whether she was smelling where we'd been because I'd been sat in the car and stuff. Yeah, I wonder if maybe. that's where she was making, I don't know how strong dogs' noses are, whether she was making her way that way. We were really close to the car. Um, but she just kept staring at me the whole time, like with her ears back, like, oh yeah. God, I'm so relieved. But yeah, oh. it was just, it was absolutely horrific. It was just... <laughs> oh my God. It was so stressful. And it was that feeling of, of there was such a large area where we were and thinking she could be anywhere. Because I just knew, I knew she wasn't back where we lost her. I knew. And also mm. around there, it's really, really quiet. So I was really shouting as we were in that area. If she was within any sort of distance, shorter distance in that area, she would have heard me. She would have heard me shouting. So I knew she'd gone really, really far. And the longer, so like two hours had gone by and then almost three hours. And I thought, God knows where she was. And like I said, it was only thanks to sort of Jen, like telling people and people actively helping us look. Like almost like a little search party. And Jonathan as well, that is that's the only way we would have found her. Because in my head, I'm like, oh, it's going to get dark. She's Or she's injured and she can't come out to me if she is somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's so horrible. Yeah. And she's okay. She's got um, a few sort of scrapes and scratches, but nothing to... Yeah, she's been through the bushes and things, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it was, well, yeah. <laughs> we, we were on our way as well because we were, we were driving up to Mid Wales. But, you know, it got to about an hour after we'd seen the post, which I guess was you know two hours or you know quite a long way because i guess you don't post on facebook until jen, you know it's really bad yeah jen posted about 45 minutes i think after we lost yeah. her yeah so i kind of had to finish off a meeting at work we had to finish work and then we're like well we are we going to go we're like well, yeah we have to so we we were kind of like you know threw everything in the car and we were on yeah. our way and luckily we were just at the bottom of the road when you found her yeah because yeah, yeah. we just we were just going that thing as well of like well once it gets dark yeah. fuck, well, at some point you have to leave and that's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, would have been wanna, horrible. I don't even want to think about it. That that would have been in my head was, and then and this guy as well that we saw at the tea rooms. And sorry if you're listening, mate, but I told you at the time this wasn't appropriate. But um, he was like, oh yeah, last time a dog got lost, he got dog napped, and they asked for a ransom. And Fuck I was just off. like, keep that to yourself. I don't care if that happened. Like, not Fuck what sake. I want to be hearing right now. And obviously, like. That's oh. very unlikely to happen. We saw so many people that are out walking and all of, the, all of them were absolutely lovely. And even the first two ladies we saw, the very first two ladies that were on the loop, and we told about it, 
They took our numbers, and they were telling other people as they saw them as well. Yeah. So just it, re- yeah. it restored my faith in humanity because people were really, really lovely, and every there was lots of people that were actually actively out looking for as well who were yeah. complete strangers. Well, I think it's it's everyone with dogs that that will help because yeah. it's probably happened to them at some point, or yeah. it may do in the future. So yeah, of course you do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We saw a guy out running with his spaniel and he was like, give me your number and I'll text you even if I don't see her, just so you know that I haven't seen her. And it was like, it was really, really nice. And it was only because of all those people that we found her. Because how do you locate a dog if, you know what I mean? If there had been no one around or no one was willing to help, we wouldn't have been able to find her because there was no way of sort of coordinating where she'd got to. Yeah, and also like around there, it would be like, oh, I saw her. She was on the path near the trees. Yeah. Oh no! It's it's by those it's by the trees, but near the park because that's all there is. <laughs> there's yeah, there's yeah. no real waypoints there, is there at all? Yeah, yeah. She'd made her way around the um the tea room, so that luckily there was quite a few oh, people that were yeah yeah. But like I said, that was it was near the car, and I wonder because as well, Rain was Jen's dog. Rain was uh, with us as well, and by that point, we put Rain in the car. Um, in the car park and I was sat in the car with her for a bit and then when I went to have a look round I just sort of slightly opened the window and I wonder whether she could smell rain as well and that's yeah, where maybe. she was like making her way over but she she was heading directly for the reservoir so it was uh, yeah it was so relieved oh. but it's always like those what ifs in your brain isn't there that, yeah. you know what if she'd got into the reservoir and couldn't get out like as in like it's all fenced up so so it's definitely on lead walks and can across running oh my god for a while. yeah yeah definitely and i just think anywhere where there's deer i hadn't even thought about deer to be honest and i think it's because when i'm running cardiff in places like that there aren't yeah the place yeah, i run there aren't that. deer so i've sort of got used to yeah she might go off after a rabbit but she'll come back because a rabbit's mm. not going to go that far yeah um but yeah i think it's on lead for a bit but then she needs like, uh, you know, a proper, I've seen the proper GPS collars that they give mm-hmm. to hunting dogs and they've got like a little aerial thing sticking out of them and they oh, nice. connect to your phone. But it's what they use for, for hunting dogs like beagles mm. and stuff to keep track of them. So I think if she ever does go fleet again, it will be in very particular circumstances yeah. and with a tracker. But yeah, it's just that feeling of I never want to experience that again. Oh, and lo- loads terrible. of people on like Instagram was like, "Oh yeah, that's what beagles do." I'm like, "Mate, that's <laughs> oh good, oh cool, there great, go. great, great, great." So I know... I'll just look forward to that happen next time again. Yeah, Terrific. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I-, I still feel knackered. I feel like I have run an ultra. Like everything yeah, I aches. I was so dehydrated. It was just yeah, yeah. All that adrenaline as well is just going to make you exhausted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good ultra. I think she Jen was saying. I think she heard that we we're only doing a two hour run, and she was like, "Fuck that." Yeah. I want my five hour run. <laughs> oh my ultra training. Two hours, fuck that. Yeah. Anyway, how was your oh. week? Was it a bit calmer? <laughs> a bit calmer, yeah. Yeah. Um well I can report back on the infinity loop race Ooh, I yes. did a couple of weeks ago. And that was with Jen as well. She didn't lose any dogs though, so that was good. <laughs> um I ended up doing twelve laps, which is just under twenty miles. But I did the thing that I did like the week before when I did the Raven Walk and it was really hilly and I forgot how hilly, really hilly is. I forgot how far 20 miles is and it's really far and I've been fucking knackered all week, which is not surprising if you haven't done much training. But it's just that I actually had that thought today, you know, where you get those inspirational things of like, you can do more than you think you can. Your inner strength will come through and you can go further than you think. And like, yeah, that's true. But it doesn't say you'll feel like shit for a week afterwards. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course you can push through the pain barrier. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no problem. But you'll feel like shit for weeks afterwards. And maybe get injured as well. As you, if you're actually pushing Probably, through yeah. a pain barrier. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, the race itself, loads of snacks. Enjoyed that. Big table full of snacks. The best I think I had every single time I went back was, you know, like foam bananas and prawns. Mate, they are gross. They are. Yeah, they are. But they're amazing. No. I When I used to work at a cinema, they were the things we never sold. So and um, my mum's partner loves them. So I always used to bring back the out of date yeah. ones for him. But they, they didn't sell because they're disgusting. They, they cannot go out of date. They, no, they can't. Can they? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they no. can last a nuclear winter. These are probably from the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. They're disgusting, though. Yeah, but yeah, the, the, I agree. They are disgusting, but I love them. Um, so that was the thing I had pretty much every time. Um, so I, yeah, lots of snacks. Uh, there was lots of nice tea there. Of course, we got Bird and Blender to, to give them some tea, so that was nice. I had a nice. Uh, I had a little walk around with some uh, some chai tea for a little while. That was good. Um, nice. And well done to Jen, who did forty k in the end. She just got. I think she was aiming to do like a half marathon. And she got to that point, she was just like, no, I'm going to do the six hours. And I think she walked from then on, just like power walked it. Mm. And was absolutely determined to do the full six hours. 
Um, she got to 40k. She could have started another lap. And if she'd done another lap, that would have put her over the marathon distance. Yeah. But she didn't. I'm like, good for you. Yes. <laughs> I absolutely appreciate that. That's the best way to be. Yeah, that's why those looped races are so great, though. Because even if you're like, I'm too knackered to run, mm-hmm. you can just walk, you know? And yeah. you're still, it's, it's really good ultra training. Like, it's really good for time on feet. Yeah, and what I really noticed there, because Holly was there for a bit as well. She was kind of coming and going with William and take, doing some other walks and things. Um, everyone is doing their own thing. Because... Mm. Some people absolutely shot out at the beginning, went so quick, but then they were only doing like, there's one guy apparently did like a half marathon in 126. Oh my God. But then there was other people there for six hours who did, you know, 15 miles or something like that. So everyone was really on their own targets. It didn't really make a difference. You know, there's always someone to overtake and be overtaken by and you kind of completely lose track of who's doing what. Because people duck in and out, you know, they go off for some chips, go and lay down for a little while and then they come back in. So you kind of forget who's where. And it's nice, you just kind of jog around and say hi to people as you go around. Speaking of which, hi to Cook and Dawn Shepherd, who were also there, and Chris Pratt and Jay Reese Howells uh, were also there. Said hello to them every time we went past. And Cook gave me a baby bell, so that was nice. Mm. Very, very much appreciated. Um, so yeah, if you fancy doing a loop race, handy, um, handy thing to do if you want to kind of push your distance a bit more, but don't want to carry too much. That was the best thing. Mm. Going for a long run and not carrying anything was weird, but really nice. They're really the looped races. I know this isn't summer, but the loop races are really good in the summer as well. Because when I did the Bristol eight-hour one, I was drinking like half a like almost like a liter of water it was so hot i was drinking mm. like a, almost a liter of water like on the lap which was three and a half miles and the first lap i did i was really like rationing my water and i thought why am i rationing my water i can just fill it up again so yeah. it really helps in terms of like not having to think about what you're going to save for later and stuff like that yeah the problem i had was i wasn't carrying any water i didn't want to carry anything on me but then obviously every time i got to the thing pull myself some like squash downed it and ran off again i'm like oh no i've just downed uh, so I kept, yeah, so you don't have that kind of, you, you can't just like have a little sip. I was just like, down it, run. Mm. Oh, no, that's really bad. I don't like that. <laughs> so it's possibly a good idea to actually carry some water. Mm-hmm. So as you know, we hate Halloween and think it's stupid, but that doesn't stop us getting involved in the bullshit. Absolutely not. For our next episode, we want you to send us your short stories of running horror. Email runningisball at gmail.com with your story. Now, ideally... We'd love this, written up as a nice piece of fiction, couple of hundred words. But if you have a genuinely scary, but not actually, I was out on a run and got stabbed kind of anecdote, we'll have that too. That's fine. Yeah. We'll read out the best ones on the next episode, so make them spooky. I hated myself when I wrote that, and I hated you for saying that out loud. Do you remember when people were saying spoopy for a bit? That became like a meme. That's still a thing, isn't it? Spoopy. Mm. yeah it's probably a millennial thing now i think like Jen well I, it or... is i i think of like a dog dressed badly dressed as a ghost is spoopy mm. Mm. it's, it's that kind of thing and yeah if it's a dog it's a millennial thing yes definitely send us your running stories your running horror stories um, i'll try and do one myself as well to join in amy you should as well yeah Gross. <laughs> uh, here's something else to talk about uh Apropos of nothing really, well, sort of because it's been London Marathon. Um, well, we're very much in big race season, and a big part of that for some is running like a half marathon or a marathon in a costume or doing something stupid or hard whilst doing the run. Now, I know this is something that affects me in no way whatsoever, it's all for fun, and my experience is in no way made worse by these things happening. But when has that ever stopped you or us or anyone from complaining about anything? Or else we wouldn't have a podcast, basically. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> of course, it is now almost obligatory to make this a world record attempt. No longer is it good enough to just be a stereotypical rhino at the London Marathon. You now need to be the fastest rhino to run the London Marathon ever, or at least the first Sumatran rhino to have run three marathons in seven weeks. Now, for example, Jeremy Maillard is now the fastest male to be dressed as a mythical creature to complete a marathon he was dressed as a as a unicorn but the record is mythical creature mm, that could be anything i mean it could be anything um there's also been the fastest man dressed in pajamas or you could call it just shorts and t-shirt yeah how, how are they defining pajamas there i want this to be old school long sleeve yeah. stripy pajamas with a little hat i assume it's probably yeah. that but like pajamas could be anything that's yeah. bullshit uh, for me the absolute best slash worst of these uh, it's the fastest marathon dressed as a three-dimensional human body parts. God. 
And this was Sadie Smith, who was dressed as a brain cell. And now if you were perhaps struggling to picture what that might look like, well, Guinness World Records tweeted a photo which doesn't help at all. What it is, she's dressed as a grey lump. And she, I think she's holding like what looks like a white string of sausages, which is perhaps like a neuron or something like that, maybe. I have no idea. But it's, she's a grey lump. That's all it is with leggings and trainers on. Yeah. And that is now the fastest three-dimensional human body part. Who is dressing as two-dimensional human body say, parts? That might be quite what difficult. does that mean? <laughs> that might be quite dis- difficult to dress as something two-dimensional, considering we are three-dimensional. Can you, I, I, uh, I just... A brain cell. Oh, no, she's almost certainly raising money for some kind of charity to do with brains. Yeah. But I just don't understand. Like, she's... Everyone she's run past has gone, what the fuck is that? <laughs> no one's gone, oh, brain cell. Oh, that's a nice three-dimensional human body part. Oh. How, how big is the Guinness Book of Records now? Because, you know, I oh, remember God, getting them yeah. as a kid. My brother used to get them as a kid for Christmas. And they were quite big, but they can't be big enough. Even, even that book wouldn't have all the things people have run as or done during a marathon. Oh, yeah, just for the marathon. They must have just a whole marathon edition, which is the same size now. Yeah, jeez. I did see a guy a while back that was doing a load of half marathons in a full suit of armour, which I think that's Why? quite impressive. I think that's quite impressive yeah, but... because it's heavy and like, but you know. So what? I think he was doing the, I think he did the Cardiff half and then some other stuff and he was doing it like, I, I thought that was quite impressive. Um, and also, has anyone seen that guy who carries the big cross around? Jesus. Like, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but, the fella. He, he does like a lot of hard, but I don't know whether it's the same guy or whether there's multiple guys. And I mean like a huge cross with little wheels on the back of it, which I don't think Again, Jesus had little it's wheels. it's the li- well, I th- I'm sure we've mentioned it when we talked about Cardiff half before. It's the little wheel. You can't have a fucking wheel on it. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure that wasn't like, you know, the carrying your own cross was part of the punishment, wasn't it? Like I don't yeah. think you had like the little wheels on it. So I don't think it's entirely accurate. Yeah. <laughs> now, like, as I just said, you know, the worst thing about all of these is that people raise loads of money for charity, and I sound like a real dick for being cynical about it. And I won't go into my old thing of why do we only give money to charity if someone does something unnecessary or hard. But I'm just—I think I'm just over costumes and gimmicks at races. They get mm. so much attention, and I just—I just think it's just—I don't know. It's just all seems a bit cheap and attention grabbing. I don't know. I, am I just being a dick about this? Yes and no. Yeah, that, I, I that mean, means yes. You know it's too much when that usually when you enter one of the big marathons or big half marathons is it asks you if you're wearing a costume and then there's like a special yeah. place you start for wearing a costume because there's so many. Well, yeah, also and because they want to like interview as well then because yeah, if yeah. you if you're in a costume you will get interviewed at some point. Yeah. But it's and how like, do you be original? How can you possibly be original? But the last thing you have to go further and further. You have to be more and more stupid and dressed as more obscure things. And, and of course, it has to be a world record as well. And there will be a costume singularity where there's no no more can be done. We've done so much, it will just, you know. I hope so. And everyone just give up on it and realise, like, this is really weird. Why are we yeah. doing this? Yeah. It's also like the gimmicky things as well. Not necessarily costumes. And there's a couple of it recently. Um, there was a man setting a world record for running a half marathon, bouncing a ball on a tennis racket. And it's just like, so what? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I, I don't understand why that's a thing. Mm. Why that's occurred to someone. Like, you know what would be a great idea? Running a half marathon and bouncing a ball on a tennis racket. Because you could do another the, next year. I could bounce a ball on a, on a table tennis racket or a squash racket or a badminton racket. And I'm just like, how far do we go with these things? And of course, there's a man who ran the London Marathon. Again, shitloads of headlines. Because he ran the whole thing balancing a pineapple on his head. Now, that's funny. On its own, that's a funny thing. But I'm just... I'm over it. That's quite what? impressive, though. Like, how do you it is impressive? Yeah, because it's difficult, but it's incredibly <laughs> unnecessary. And why is that more interesting than like the forty thousand other people that have run it? Mm. I just, uh, I just think it grabs too much headlines, too much attention. And I know I'm being a dick, but I just, uh, I'm just over it. Mm. I really am. It does become a bit boring. Uh, yeah, I, it's like okay, great if you're doing it, because I think there was perhaps there was a point where people would they would run the London Marathon dressed as something weird and it wouldn't be a big thing, I guess, because there wasn't social media and there wasn't as much news coverage of weird things like that. People would do it. It would be funny to them and their friends and the people they ran past. And that would be it. But now it's a huge thing. 
Mm. Everyone has to get involved and everyone has to talk about it. And they have to be interviewed and I'm just... Uh, don't, I don't want it. We're over it. Have you entered the ballot for London Marathon? No, of course I haven't. I did on the last day. I, and I was like, I'm not going to do it. Why would I want to do London Marathon? And then there's mm. almost like a... I get possessed and I, I just do it. I just click it. You have done? Yeah, of course I have. Yeah, I do it every year. I don't know why. Do you? Yeah, every year. And I have no idea why I do it. I have no idea. I have no. In- I always say to people, I have no interest in running road races full stop at the moment. Yeah. No interest at all. And my worst nightmare is running a marathon on the road. Like that's But you've just, you've just tried to enter one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do it every year. Yeah, yeah. Don't know why. No idea. I, like I said, I follow the crowd. If the crowd is doing something like pinning a race number to their to their shorts, it's a survival instinct. If everyone's entering the London Marathon, I enter the London Marathon. If you get in, can mm. we choose a costume for you to run in? Yes, definitely. Oh my god, you heard it here, everyone. <laughs> we will do it. We'll pay for it. We'll pay for the yep. costume. We'll get you. We'll get you in, and for, and like for no reason. For no, you're yep. not allowed to raise any money. No. <laughs> this is just purely for attention. And if I get interviewed, I have to have like something to say. Like I have to have some weird story yes. to just say. Please not send us whatsoever. your suggestions. <laughs> send us your suggestions of what Amy should dress as for the London Marathon. <laughs> Ideally, make it something we can do a world record as well. Fuck it. Oh Let's just God. go back on everything yes. I've just said. And we'll get Amy a world record for dressing as something fucking stupid. Yeah. Oh, I hope I do get in now. Kind what's of. The, what's the fastest marathon someone dressed as a poop emoji? Ooh, it must have I bet, happened. I bet it has happened. It'd be Looking faster it than me as well. <laughs> You've got to remember, right, guys, that I'm not I'm not a fast runner, full stop. So it needs to be something very specific that hasn't been done. Oh, I've just checked. 2018, it's under four hours. <laughs> that ain't happening. No. <laughs> oh, dressed as a toilet, three hours, no. Oh, God. It needs to be something specific. We need to think of something very obscure. Yep. Right, this is everyone's homework. Just completely you know, uh, demolish that last, you know, ten minutes. We're of gonna podcast. have to. It's gonna Fuck have it. to. You know, like how people did after the industrial revolution, sort of moving towards more conceptual things and and more obscure. You know, we're gonna have to do like. Yeah, sure. Moving, that's what I was thinking of. We, we're gonna have to do something like running dressed as an impending sense of dread. Like you yeah. know, it's, it's gonna have to be I, something uh, really run as a concept rather than. That's an what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That's what's gonna have to happen. Yeah. I don't know how they've... Uh... As a combination of emotions. Yes. Yeah, just a feeling. Just a general oh. sort of ambiance. <laughs> Dressed as malaise. <laughs> wow. Oh, what an idea we've just had on the spot. Um, now, you can support this podcast and you can pay for Amy to run as a general sense of malaise in the London Marathon. If you head to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit, donating money every month. New to the list this month is Dawn Morton. Thanks, Dawn. Everyone else was this lot. Rachel Amanda Murray Hine, Francis Drew Edwards, Nikki Genders. Sherry Grubbs, Kirk Shepherd, Victoria Magnus, Lee Wood, Gale Seals, Victoria Dick, Carl Fleming, Penny Simpson, Anthony Howe, Ian Thompson, Julia Page, Shambolic Adult, Sophie Jacks, Darren Roberts, Matt April, Hibbert, Andy Robbins. Ivor Hewitt, Dawn Morton, Stuart Stevens, Kath Everett, Jason Spinks, Maria Wicks, Clem Martin, Karen Blake, Matt Burroughs, Ruth KP, Karen Hamilton, Clark Gilmore, Sophie Nichols, Max McHardy, Max Zaskin, Kevin Thomas Meyer, Debbie Hurley, Rachel Bentley J, Bernadette McCarthy, Brian Simpson, Martin Cavan, Vicky Robbins, Gordy Farewell, Elliot Lyne, Matt Jones, Adam Atkinson, Matt Cavan, Lisa Gibbon, Raymond Quinn, Sandra Hines, Matt Garner, Ruth Scurry, Trish Alton, Cassie Edwards. Elle Ryder, Elizabeth Shaban, Catherine Fenton.
Matt Newbury eight. Sam Whaley, Andrew Nichols. Matt Lee's Jonathan Carter. AP Charlie Neverson. Angela Foster Swales. David Irwin, Ian Hales, James Lampert. And remember to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Running's BS. Let us know why you particularly hate running this week. Somebody who did just that is at Catherine Fenton, who said London Marathon was a great experience, but marred by the people in the middle of the road that would start walking or just stop dead. They need brake lights. This the would drive way. me insane. Yeah, this would drive me insane. I, I get like that in St David's, the shopping centre in Cardiff. So yeah, yeah. Just yeah, in the middle of the thing, just someone stops dead in front of you. I would yeah. find it hard not to shout at them. Yeah. I, know, I know you're tired. We all are. I'm sorry. But just get out of the fucking way. Move to the side. Yeah. Indicate. <laughs> uh, at Francis Howell sent us a photo. Said, this might just be me, but gendered body glide is BS. Now, there's something in my mind that says we've talked about this, but I couldn't find it in the notes anywhere. And now this is body glide. And specifically, it's pink, of course. And for her, <laughs> what difference could it make between... <laughs> having body glide for male or female skin i'd love to see if it costs more as well because that's the thing isn't it the pink tax where things aimed at women can sometimes cost more Uh, ideal for bus line and thighs surely just just you put body glide wherever you're chafing just because you're a woman doesn't mean your bus line your your thighs are going to chafe you know like yeah you know where it really chafes on me is like my lower back where my shorts the band of my shorts is so what does it's not told me to do that as a woman though so i'm not really sure what but would this not work as well for me as it would for you no 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 we don't have a you don't have a bus line you do have thighs though Maybe i don't have thighs yeah um but we wouldn't work on my thighs as well i need to no. get the male body glide specifically because yeah. that's probably made of something harder and stronger it's probably got like sand in it or something yeah yeah because you know men are tough or something what what is the point what is the point of making more, making more packaging. Just do the same one. Yeah, it's pink as well. Women of course, love, it, well, yeah, that's pink. how you know. God, do you remember years? I don't know what it's like now. I mean, I haven't noticed it as much, but years and years ago, if you were looking at buying women's running gear, it was all fucking pink or purple, wasn't it? Well, of course, yeah. Like now, like it's a bit more diverse, but Jesus, yeah. yeah. How else would you know if it's for women or not? No, exactly. Come on. And uh, and. Shocker alert, you don't have to buy women's stuff if you don't want to for running. You don't have to wear, buy women's clothes. You don't even have to wear buy women's shoes. If you have a different shaped foot, just, just you can buy men's shoes and men can buy women's shoes. They can. What a world we live in. You heard it here first in this podcast. I'm giving you permission to go out <laughs> and buy things that don't necessarily match your gender. Yeah. Yeah, because they're the same things, just slightly different shape. Yeah, they're slightly, and if you'd like that different shape, you can just have it. It's okay. The gender yeah. police aren't going to stop you from buying it. It's fine. Well, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Wait, God. Oh, just you wait. So those get it while you can. Involved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the lovely chocolate-giving Gabby Nea has sent us a truly astounding piece of bullshit marketing. Uh, this is the Saucony Shadow 6000 New York. That's a strong name, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what now? What are we thinking? What does that invoke for you? The Saucony Shadow Six Thousand New York. I'm thinking kind of like a black grey, like chunky, mm-hmm. urban s- skyscrapery. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing I think of. New York. Yeah. It's not that. <laughs> the website reads: The Shadow Six Thousand New York takes all the best parts of the staple New York cheesecake. <laughs> And serves them up as a Saucony classic. Uh, From the poppy strawberry design to the Graham Cracker inspired sole, this iconic running sneaker will leave you hungry for more. This is the worst. That is literally the whole description on the website. There's one paragraph. This is the worst shoe I think I've ever seen. It's so fucking (laughs) ugly. It doesn't even look, it doesn't look like a running shoe, to be honest. It It looks like a shoe for like a 10 year old girl. Yeah. Because it's got like a like strawberry kind of tongue to it. And the laces are kind of like red with little green like pips in. Uh, yeah, the graham cracker soles. It's just yellow. They're like little sole bit, whatever that's called. Uh, it's brown on the bottom and the rest of it's kind of white and light pink. Mate. That's, it doesn't... No, if you 
show that to anyone, no one is going to say, oh, it looks like a cheesecake. Sockany, as well, you don't have to be so fucking literal. You don't have to put a literal strawberry on something. You can just use some nice colourways if you wanted to. Like, I used to have some Sockany shoes that were all yellow. Like, all of it was yellow. I thought they were really cool, and they called them my banana shoes. Now, they weren't calling them banana shoes, but they were my banana shoes. But this is way too literal. There's a literal strawberry... On the tongue of the shoes. What? But the thing is, it's called the Shadow 6000 New York. What the fuck is Shadow 6000? That ain't a shadow. I just, I don't understand. It just shows so much. They are running out of ideas. That needs to be cast into the shadows. Not. Wasn't there like a Steve Jobs thing of like when, when you know when people are running out of ideas because they make it different colour. It's something along those lines. Yeah. They're, all they change is the colour, which obviously once he died, they started making different colour iPhones because they're running out of ideas. But like, that just shows you when they bring out new shoes every year, it's nonsense because yeah. all they're doing now is changing the colour and pretending it's inspired by a cheesecake. But you know what as well? That's fine. Change the colour and, and sell it as whatever. But don't... All this bullshit about cheesecakes and stuff like that. Just... Yeah, just give... Just offer us some new colourways. I like... I like shoes that are different colours. That's that's fine. But we don't yeah. need all this... It's like... So you by want cheesecake. The Shadow 6000 New York. It's a bit pink. Yeah. That's yeah. it, really. That's, that's all you need. I'm not going to read all that crap anywhere. I'm just going to look at it and think, Oh, that's nice colours. I'll probably buy that over the other one. Or you're going to look at it, you're going to look at the price, the size, and go, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Yeah, more than likely, yeah. Because they're your running shoes and they're just going to get really muddy and shitted up, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, An amazing aside to their website is at the top of the page where it says, unisex runs as men's sizing. So it's not unisex really, then, is it? No. Their unisex size is just men's size. Yeah. So it's not like a different size, it's just men's size. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's not actually unisex. <laughs> not unisex. That's just men's. No. Unisex means like a specific design that is, you know. Yeah. Neither. Not not adhering to a certain sort of. Yeah. Well, I guess it's thing. like race t-shirts. Unisex uh, t-shirts are men's t-shirts. The, yeah. I because love they're square. That. I, I fucking love that. Unisex. It's not. It's not unisex. But if it was, then why don't you do some that you know? Why? Why haven't they got curves in them? And just get the men yeah. to wear some sh- shirts with like curves in. Like it's not unisex. It's a men's size. And it's okay why to say that. Why don't wear men nice fitted t-shirts? They'd look lovely. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, here's the bullshit. So of course we need to start off with a bit of London Marathon news. Obviously. Ugh, yeah. uh, but this time it's not about the back of the pack runners getting chemical burns from street cleaners. No. Uh, but rather it's about a guy who sprinted at the start of the race so he could briefly be in the lead. You've probably mm. seen these videos and the photos on social media. So Richard Lee Wright apparently did it to win a six-year-old bet that he could lead the race. He only lasted a few minutes, of course, before letting the elite runners pass. Although he still finished in a respectable three hours and 23 minutes. What? Because this has happened before. I think it happened at Boston as well, fairly famously. The guy went, yeah, he did a good few miles, though. Do you like this or not? I mean, it depends. Like, was he causing an issue for the elite runners? Like, that might be a bit of an issue because obviously they're yeah. out to win. That's their career. So if he yeah. was doing it and he was causing some sort of issue for the elite runners, then yeah, I think it's an issue. If if he wasn't, if that, if it didn't really affect them, then nah, whatever. You know, there's no rule against it, is there? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like instinctively, I feel like I should find this very funny because it's kind of someone that's kind of dicking about in a thing that's supposed to be very serious and like not doing what he's supposed to be doing. But I don't know, there's just something about, like, I just think, oh, I just don't, I don't like it. I know I've said this for a few times on this episode about things without really defining it that well, but I just, oh, I don't like it. Because yeah. I think, I, I worry it'll become a thing yeah. and more and more people will try and do it. And as you say, yeah, it may well get in the way, but then it'll happen a few more times and then they'll have to start introducing more rules to separate the normals from the elites yeah. by even more. Yeah, because at the end of the day, the elites are doing it. That's their job. Yeah. They're, they yeah, they yeah. want the prize money and stuff because that is their career. That is their job. Yeah. And I, you wouldn't, you know, well, some people might, but you wouldn't go into your McDonald's and get behind the counter and then start smashing up the burgers and stuff and then leave. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, that's their that's what they're doing for work. <laughs> and the big marathons, they won't want that publicity. 
No. Because again, it, it's it's kind of, it's not breaking the rules, but it's not people not doing what they're supposed to, and it kind of shows them up a little bit. That mm. yeah. So I just oh, in a way, I I don't like it because I worry where it's going to go. It could get a bit silly. Mm. Yeah, mm. definitely. On the subject of strange stunts, a Spanish runner has gone viral as he refused to break the finish tape at the Alcudia Half Marathon in Valencia, as he did not want to lower the course record by too much, so he'd be able to beat it again next year and collect (laughs) more prize money. He waited for nearly 30 seconds before crossing the line, stopping the clock at 68.45. Now, that's a decent time. He's done all right there. But the arrogance to think, that's all right, I'll just come back and I'll just win it again and I'll just beat my record by even more because although that's a decent time there are lots of runners that can run a lot faster than that so next year he may not be so lucky (laughs) it's still 10 minutes off the world record now it might not be the biggest half marathon in the world but now you've done this there's going to be a lot of spanish runners he's going to go you know what fuck this guy i'm having his prize money yeah it's not very like sportsman like is it (laughs) yeah it's not like um the pole vaulter sergi bubka who would like, yeah, he would he would increase the pole vault record by one centimeter because he knew there was another thing in like a month or two months and he'd just do it again and get more money. Mm. Fair enough. This is a whole year. Yeah. A lot can happen to a runner in a year. You yeah. might not be that good next year. Yeah, it's ar- yeah, like you say, it's arrogant. <laughs> at, at the finish line, in like a big like finish funnel, you know, the whole thing, just stand there looking at his watch like, no, don't want to beat it by too much. Fuck yeah, d- why didn't he, because he, apparently he was way off obviously because it's 30 seconds he was still around he's way off his competitors and even when he crossed the line i think he was still like a way off so why don't he slow himself down a bit earlier you know do it a yeah, bit enjoy, more smoothly. enjoy your last mile or something come on yeah he's so brazen about it yeah i don't like yeah definitely don't like that and the strange stories don't stop there so a jogger has stunned bystanders by running naked along the busy great central way footpath in leicester another one what's going another on another one so apparently he wasn't completely naked though he had shoes on and strangely a backpack oh. what was he carrying oh, in his back okay. his clothes his clothes obviously. Pro- probably his clothes yeah, yeah probably his clothes didn't want to like disturb the neighbors by emergency that. pants yeah so, posting on the Aylston Meadows Appreciation Society group on Facebook, a woman wrote, I'm a regular runner along the Great Central Way and passed a lot of runners today, but I was shocked when I saw a naked runner, brackets, man, pass me. <laughs> Great <laughs> he, was just, <laughs> <laughs> he was just casually running without a care. What? How dare he? I know. But the funniest thing about this, I thought, was that another commenter had put on the post, we saw him whilst walking the dogs. The police were a bit behind. They asked us if we'd seen him. I doubt they caught up with him. How fast was this guy going? Well, I suppose quicker than the police in full yeah. gear. If they, if they stripped down a bit, a bit more aerodynamic, they maybe would have caught up with him. But again, it's like the one we talked about before. Why is this news? <laughs> it's not news. It's just someone running. Yeah, he's not causing... He's just let him have a run. He's not causing a disturbance. Like you said there, casually running without a care. Yeah. If only the rest of us could run without a care. It's jealousy yeah. is what this is. He yeah. should have cares. The world's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you're so free that you can just take off your clothes and go for a run in a very on a very busy path, then... More power to you. Imagine the confidence of that. <laughs> what a life that man leads. I love that in the Facebook uh, comments, though, they were all saying, like, was he actually naked or was he barefoot running? Like, that was really important. That doesn't, he was like, he was like not... oh, no, no, he was wearing shoes and a backpack. <laughs> so technically not... Like, who's getting into the detail of yeah. what naked means? <laughs> I think if your dick's out, you're naked, basically. Yeah, yeah. Primo. I think that... I mean, that's what this is all about. It's not like, oh, my God, his bare back and thighs were out. No one yeah. cares. And somebody said he looked like he was very cold. (laughs) We're not here to judge people. It doesn't matter. He's just running. When he's like looking back at the comments and somebody said he looked like he was very cold. He was like, oh, I wasn't actually feeling that cold. But He was running without a care. He was. Now he'll have many cares. Yes. (laughs) Leave the poor guy alone. Jesus. Anyway, God. Finally, Isuzu is set to release a limited edition Elliot Kipchoge vehicle. Uh, According to Canadian Running Magazine, Kipchoge has teamed up with the Japanese auto company Isuzu to release a limited edition Elliot Kipchoge 159 Isuzu D-Max double cabin pickup truck, 
in honour of the two-time Olympic champion. Because what says Olympic champion marathon runner like a pickup truck? Yeah, you'd think it'd be like a sports car or something, wouldn't you? Uh, if anything. Now, the D-Max, still under production. Proceeds from the vehicle sales will support the Elliot Kipchoge Library in his hometown of Kapsisiwa, Kenya. Now, again, oh, shit, I want to be bad about this, but mm. they're going to give money to a, a library in a, in a town in Kenya, so that's really good. Yeah. But they're only producing 159 of these. But, like, mm. do they know that 159 isn't the same as 159? Mm. Like, they're different things. They're, yeah. It's not It's, it's not the same. Well, I suppose it's 119. They couldn't, they couldn't produce, like, one and a bit, like, one and then a pickup truck without, like, the... And 59 60ths of a yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just some wheels and stuff. So. But just like, does the world need more pickup trucks? No. For a start, and do do they really need a limited edition run of them? Which means surely that's more pollution per car created. Yeah. Then. I I mean, an electric sports car would probably be a bit more apt. I don't know. <laughs> but then, if I guess if you're gonna if this is gonna be used, perhaps in Kenya, perhaps if that's where they're selling them. I mean, Eli Kajogi is gonna have the first one off the line. I'm mm. sure he drives around in a pickup all the time. <laughs> But I just, just, just to have the idea, like a Japanese car company has seen Elliot Kipchoge and thought, you know what we should do? We should make a pickup truck with his name on it. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, what? Like, I, I, I responding to this as well. I've seen like places saying, oh, they want to name roads after him. Most people saying, why aren't you naming parks after him? Why roads? Yeah. yeah. Surely a park is a much better thing to name after someone. But it's, it's a very American thing, is it, to name roads after people? They fucking yeah. love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he he doesn't look happy in the photo, does he? No, no. <laughs> the uh, the press conference there, he does not look entirely pleased. He does look quite uncomfortable. Yeah, because he's probably like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> yeah, why are they? Why has this car got my name on it? Yeah. Because <laughs> you've got to imagine, this is probably a pickup they were going to make anyway. I don't think they oh, yeah. designed from scratch, concept to finish a brand new vehicle for him i imagine like well we're gonna make this one as it turns out it's not great so we're not gonna make that many of them shit here's an idea we'll only make 159 because of this <laughs> it's a really ugly car as well i mean it's a pickup truck it's not gonna look good is it no no it's oh. just... <laughs> what a set of news this week wow yeah we go from like having hardly anything to wow well, we're back in race season, that's why. Yeah, we are. It's all happening again. We're back in naked race season. Oh, yes. <laughs> right, Stuart, what you got coming up next? Speaking of naked races, <laughs> I'm not doing any of those. Um, there's a map run event near my house, like really near my house in a couple of days. So I might do that, but I'm very tired still from 20 miles. So I might have to do that one. That's one of those ones where you get a certain amount of checkpoints and you have to get as many checkpoints as you can and back within an hour. I know that will stress the shit out of me because I will second guess everything that I do. Mm. Um, next week, I've got the Ponty Plod, which is an 11-mile multi-terrain race, kind of near Ponty Pool somewhere. Really love that one. Uh, I've done it three times. I'm happy to go back and do it again. And depending on when we record, um, I may have done an obstacle race. What? In a couple of weeks as well. That's the obstacle race where it does not require any upper body strength. So I'm really uh, looking forward to it. Okay. That sounds very, very good. Are you doing the Ponty Plod? Something's telling me that you were going to do that I, one. No, I'm not. Oh, that's a shame. Oh. I thought you were. Never mind. Uh, up to anything? Not really. So I have got my Ultra in a few weeks, which I think will oh, be... Oh, just that. Well, I don't know whether I'm going to do it. Like... Oh, no. Here we go again. <laughs> so I'm God. in two minds. Maybe I'll let the podcast listeners decide. Um, so my Achilles still isn't great. And like I said, I went on a, a flat 12-mile run and my Achilles was hurting. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust myself. So the normal thing would just be to enter it and just drop out when I start hurting. And This is the one you deferred from last year as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I can defer it again. Um, yeah. But I haven't trained that much just because, like, for legitimate reasons, because I've had an injury, because I've had my Achilles yeah. injury and my foot on the same, the same sort of mm-hmm. leg. Um, it's been either like a slight stress fracture or it was really bruised that's only just got better and it's still not quite right so i'm not sure like i worry that if i were to do it and say to myself oh well i'll just drop out when things start hurting that i won't drop out and i'll carry on and i'll really hurt myself so yeah i mean i, I mean i think you should do that to, to have a go that, that's yeah. what i should do because i paid you know it's been paid for like paid, paid for it yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. need some content out of it, so I'd say I do know. it. 
Yeah, I think I will. I just need to be really strict to myself that when I start hurting, and, and just maybe just in my head know that I'm not going to finish it and just see how far I can go. Because yeah. I, I think like with my Achilles on my foot, I'm not going to be able to do 30 miles. It's just not going to happen. So just say to it's myself, a day out, isn't it? you're not going to finish it. So just see how many miles you can do and then have a nice ride home in an ambulance. Yeah, you know? that's fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not like a medical emergency. I mean, like, you know, they sometimes have those, like, well, St. John's ambulance you know, we'll, things. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. See how it goes. You never know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, yeah uh, so that's my thinking at the moment, that I just probably should do it and just see how far I can go. <laughs> for the lols, I agree. Lols. Uh, we're getting into kind of what is really race season for me. Winter is kind of big race season. It's not as bad as last year, but I have got, like, four, maybe five races in the next four weeks. So I've got quite a lot coming up, so I'm having to balance which ones I actually take seriously and which ones I just kind of have a little jog around. So there's lots and lots coming up. And nearly at Canicross season as well. Yes. Yay, Pippin. I mean, perfect time for Pippin to be in Canicross because she ain't going off the lead. She ain't going off lead. (laughs) No. So if you've enjoyed this bullshit, you can visit runningisbs.com, see the show notes, links in this episode, things about tea, whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, our merch store. You can buy stuff with our logo on for some reason if you want, and our social media where we talk about other things occasionally. Bye! Bye! I'm going to wank.